Welcome to the alternative. The alternative. questions virtual reality. Sponsored by ISEDN.org. Is there life beyond the big four search engines? Are webmasters spending more than they need to? Or leaving money on the table? What opportunities exist on the margins? Spend the next hour exploring paid and free alternatives to the major search engines. Now, step into the alternative with your host, Jim Hedler. Hey, welcome to The Alternative. We're live from New York at Search Engine Strategies 2007. I'm Jim Hedger. I'm joined here by my co-host Dave Davies from Beanstalk Inc. Uh, Dave, Jesus Christ, SES 2007. Never a better show. Never a better show. And, you know, we got a, we got, we got a weird show today. Um, we haven't really done a lot of pre-planning. Um, Dave and I have been running around being the hardest working journalists in search as we are. Um, we got a bunch of tape uh, for Webmaster Radio over the last few days. And uh, today, I think we're just going to have a bunch of drop-bys, friends from the industry who have uh, been walking by the booth or who we've been talking to throughout the, throughout the, um, the show for the last few days. Um, but first, I think we have a, we have a couple of announcements we want to go through. Um, first of all, uh, I'm really proud to announce the uh, relaunch of the new version of SitePronews.com. It's www.sitepronews. Um, I guess about like uh, two months ago, Jade Online hired me to, to repurpose Site Pro News. Um, um, we're making it into a daily news magazine, and we launched live today. So um, after you're done listening to our show, I'd like to invite people to <laughs> go uh, type www.sitepronews.com, and um, I'm looking for feedback, and I'm looking for contributions. And uh, I think uh, you know, at any of these events, it's only fair. We should give a little bit of a pro props coming out to uh, the people who threw some of the great parties. Oh, uh, man, man. So I, I'd like to give a, a big thanks to FER, uh, Efficient Frontiers. Uh, March, March X. X. March X to a great party. Uh, this evening, anybody who's listening and is uh, at the SES New York Webmaster Radio uh, this evening, Search Bash, going to be an excellent event. Oh, hell, anyone who's listening and is in like a 10-mile radius of New York City. Search Bash, Hilton Hotel from 6 to 8 tonight. Friends, we're everywhere and you should be here. Well, we got a couple of guests here right now. Um, first of all, we got, we got Carolyn Shelby, the amazing seashell. She, um, people who are used to Webmaster Radio have seen Seashell hanging out in the chat room all the time. Um, I know, I, I read her smart-ass comments all the time. Seashell, how you doing? I'm doing fine, how are you? I'm great, are you enjoying the show? The show's been great. I there's just so much here, and I'm learning so much, and it's been a great, great show. How many, how many SESs have you been to? Um, this is my second. Yeah, I went to Chicago um, last December, and then this is my second one. Excellent. In a uh, sort of compare, how are the two? This is a lot, this is a lot bigger. There's, um, we were a lot more confined in the hotel at, at Chicago, and it was so cold. It was like 30 degrees oh, below zero. So, I mean, at least at this one, we can get out and we can go go out and have the dinner at the restaurants and see New York a little bit. And um, we're hanging out a lot at the different, um, you know, go down the street to the pub and things like that. We're not stuck in the hotel. And not that that was bad. It's just a different experience. And this is so much bigger, too. There's like just so many more people. So they're just completely different shows. Now, when you were coming here, what were you hoping to accomplish? And did you? Um, I was just hoping to learn and you know meet people and see what what's new and going on in the industry and I've definitely done that there's it's hard not to learn things at the at the stuff every all the speakers are so great and um, you know even if you're only half paying attention to sessions and I pay attention 100% I swear um, you pick up so much stuff even if it's just by osmosis because there's so much information to be had 
Was there one specific gem that you got out of uh, one of the sessions? Oh my God, I couldn't even really narrow it down. I'd have to go back through my notes to kind of pick out what the best one is. But um, I've definitely picked up a lot of things that I'm going to take back to my team um, at the company and I'm going to share with uh, the rest of my marketing department. Uh, Shell, thanks for being here. It's good to see you again. Uh, we have a bunch more guests. And, and as you guys can hear, this is a totally unstructured show. We're going to get our rhythm as we go along. Um, but sitting over here on the couch, oh my God, it's Stacy Williams from Prominent Placement. Stacy, welcome to The Alternative. Thanks so much for having me. So I sort of came across Stacy at, a, uh, at a, a lunch that I, 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 I oddly and strangely found myself at. Um, Lee Evans, who's also here, but sort of lurking way over there in the background. Uh, from web, from uh, Commerce 360, and uh, Lee was uh, was kind enough to invite me to the uh, female bloggers uh, uh, luncheon. So myself and David Temple were the two uh, the two token guys, and uh, we were there representing the men of the industry. And I, I think we did well. We were, we were polite. And we didn't pick our teeth, didn't pick our ears, or you know other stuff. Men will do at the table. Uh, Dave didn't belch, and I didn't have to do my belt and sit back. You know, I was tempted to, but it was such a good meal. Um, so yeah, I ran across Stacy at the at, at the, the the women's lunch and asked you to drop by and talk a little bit about prominent placement. Oh, well, thanks. What, what do you want me to say? Well, how long's the how long's the business been in business? How y'all doing? What do you do with your clients? Um, all that good stuff. Well, we're a full service search marketing agency uh, based in Atlanta, and I'm not going to get salesy. Don't worry. Um, I've been doing search marketing since about 98 when it was only SEO. Um, we've been in business a little over six years. We're a small shop, kind of boutique-y. We prefer small to medium-sized B2B clients. And, and I think what's a little bit different about our business model is we, um, the, the employees we hire. We, we have a virtual-based business. Everybody works out of their home. We hire um, women who are just fantastic at what they do, very experienced, very smart, very talented. Um, they happen to be moms, and they like to have a work-life balance and um, be able to have the flexibility and freedom of working out of their homes. And we do significant, significant, significant training. But rather than hiring um, you know, real young people right out of school who have never dealt with a client, we hire people who have serious client service skills and experience, and then we teach them the search marketing part. And it's worked really well for us. So y you find it easier to get people who uh who aren't trained, and then train them yourself. Well, I guess I wouldn't say it's easier. It's more affordable. It, you know, uh, there are so few people out there who are good at search marketing to hire somebody. Uh, and this is really our biggest challenge, and I think every agency's biggest challenge is finding the talent. And if I can find somebody who's really good at search, I'm going to have to pay them through the nose. Uh, you know, way more money than I'm making myself. You know, that's the dirty secret of business owners. Um, so rather than that, and, and they may be terrible with clients. I, I have a real appreciation for client service because that's my background. And so I'd rather hire people who are really good at, at client service and then teach them the search marketing part. What would you say are some of the biggest challenges that you face with virtual employees? Uh, that, that's a good question because, you know, with anything, there are pluses and minuses. I would say probably the only drawback is the inability to look over each other's shoulders, you know, gather around the water cooler, overhear something that somebody has said. We use a lot of technology to try to minimize any, um, I guess, communication problems. We have an extranet where everything's posted that everybody can access all the time. We, we have a lot of phone meetings, and we do get together in person fairly often as well. 
But I, I definitely think the benefits outweigh the drawbacks. I mean, our overhead's very low. Nobody has a commute. You know, everybody's available. You know, it, people have a flexible schedule, but of course it means they end up working all hours of the day and night and weekends. Now, you were... You <laughs> As I said, this was a totally unstructured show. Um, and, you know, you can hear from Dave's voice. You can hear from my voice. We're, we're hoarse. We're tired. We've been... Um, when you go to one of these events, you, uh, the event starts at 9 in the morning and goes until 5, 6 o'clock when there's a ne social networking party. And then the real events at SES start to happen, the all-night-long parties. And being the in intrepid reporters that both Dave and I are, we, we feel it's our responsibility. We're doing this for you people because we love you so much. It's our responsibility to go to all the parties find out what's going on, sample whatever gets thrown at us, and report on them later. And uh, there was another party we forgot to mention that I really want to give a huge shout-out to, and this is the reason my voice is really hoarse. On Monday night, the Internet Marketers of New York, they held a charity party for Ronald McDonald House. It was held down in Greenwich Village at the Town Tavern, and um, collectively, I think we raised between five and $8,000 for Ronald McDonald House in one night, and... When I, when, I, when I think about the search marketing community, um, this is one of the things that, that makes me so proud to be part of this community. Got a whole bunch of people who got together and um, Best of the Web and TextLink ads sponsored the, uh, sponsored the bar. Um, each of us donated $40 at the door, had a large raffle, and again, easily between five dollars and $8,000 to Ronald McDonald House, and you gotta be proud to be part of an industry that does that spontaneously one night. And uh, yeah, uh, an apology there for the uh, for the quick stammer. I'm used to uh, sitting at a desk where I'm writing notes, so I've got the questions uh, sort of preset in advance uh, when I'm about to launch into it. No, I did have a question because you're dealing with virtual employees and you generally are trying to hire people with client services skills. Have you ever hired somebody with SEO skills? And and I know running an SEO firm, you hit the challenge of having to untrain a lot of the bad habits that they may have picked up with other companies. Was that part of the decision to switch to hiring customer service? I mean, that's not really a learnable skill. You either, in a lot of cases, you are or you aren't. Um, so was that part of the, the decision uh, that, there? That's, that's a good question. And I would say only one of our employees has come to us with previous SEO experience. And fortunately, there's nothing she had to unlearn. I mean, she actually has brought a lot to the table. And she's got a technology background and a usability background. So if anything, it's really enhanced it. So that, that wasn't part of our decision-making process, but I think that is another good point that it's one thing we don't have to worry about is unlearning people's maybe black hat habits or something like that. Now, one question I, I do love to ask, and, and especially because you're, you're doing active hiring, active training, what are you looking for down the road? Are there new skills you're trying to bring in in preparation for things like personalization, um, you know, some of the next enhancements, say, between now and New York next year? What do you see coming down the road and what are you doing to try and train and, and prepare for that right. now? That, that's a great question. Um, probably our biggest focus right now is on usability and, and landing pages. It, we've really gotten into the pay-per-click landing pages and have found that a lot of times we can triple our conversion rates just by doing custom landing pages. And, and I, I really kind of fought the fact that search marketers are getting dragged into usability. I, I mean, I've been there, done that with building websites. I wanted to get out of that business. 
Um, and, and so prominent placement does not build websites, but we found we're being judged on conversions as we need to be. And so, you know, we can drive all the traffic in the world to a crappy website, but if it's not converting, we look like the bad guys. So we, we're, we're getting dragged into usability. And like I said, we have one staff member who's quite good at it. And we're looking to beef up everybody's skills in terms of um, just generating more conversions on our clients' websites. And then you touch on a, a really important topic there. And of course, we're all being judged, even if they're hiring us as SEOs, we're being judged based on what are the results, not just are we ranking for you, are we getting you the traffic. What tools do you use to, to analyze what the conversion ratios, what are you looking for? Um, you know, is each person in your organization in a virtual world, is each of them doing their own analysis or do you have a central processing you know, for it? Th that's another good question. Uh, two part question. First part you asked about tools. The, the tool we like, there's a lot of great web analytics out there, a lot of them, but what we use is index tools. We just find it, it does everything it needs to do and it's a lot more affordable than a lot of the other tools out there. So we just give that to our clients. It's, it's part of our services. So that way we know they all have a good tool that we can use. Everything's consistent. Um, and we do have each of our account managers, we, we actually expect a lot out of our account managers. They do all the analytics and the reporting. They also do um, the writing of, you know, pay-per-click and, and working search terms into sites on the SEO side. Um, so they do kind of creative work and they do analytical work at the same time, which is a lot to ask of people. We're incredibly, incredibly picky with who we hire. We make sure people have both those sets of skills. But I'm already looking to the future and as, you know, SEO changes so rapidly, pay-per-click changes so rapidly, there's just no end to what you have to learn and keep on top of in this industry. I'm thinking that we need to probably start moving into being a little bit more vertical and having business analysts who worry about the data versus copywriters versus you know, everything else, which makes it a little more cumbersome. It's kind of nice having all the knowledge about a client in one person's head. There's a lot of synergy there, but it's getting harder and harder to do because there's so much they have to keep on top of. Hey, well, Stacey, I want to thank you so much for, for coming down and being part of the show. Um, thank you for having on, me. Welcome. we gotta, we got to keep on moving and moving through. And um, we have Lee Evans, the fabulous Lee Evans from uh, Commerce 360. Now, I just want to... Preface Lee a little bit. Um, Lee has been doing what I think um, is, a, is a phenomenal series on the women in SEO and the women bloggers. And um, she's uh, done how many? You've done what? Sep uh, 26, uh, 30 interviews? 15. 15? 15 with two, two women. I have a 15 part. We're on like part 15. Oh, I see. I so you got 30 two, full interviews. Yeah. Pretty full, full, full interviews, and I've created a page too that you can just go to the page and click on the woman's name, and it'll actually take you to their interview. Okay, well, wh where would uh, where would people find this page? Searchmarketinggurus.com, mm -hmm. and um, on the top there's a there's a list of links, and one of them says Women of Internet Marketing, and so if you go to that actual page, there's a uh, some listing, some information about. Uh, we have our own little Yahoo group called Search Ladies, and you can join that. And uh, then also has a list of all the women that we, that I've done the interviews with. You know, you know, the easiest way to find the, the Lee's series of interviews on women of internet marketing is to go to Yahoo, in the search box, type in <laughs> women of internet marketing. And it comes the very up. first page is Lee's. And again, as you said, she's got she does these interviews two at a time. She's done 15 of them so far. She's got 30. Lee, who are, who are some of the women that, you, that you've gotten to speak with? Um, Ann Kennedy. Uh, I'm losing my voice here. It's, it's, you know, talking too much. <laughs> uh, that's what happens at these shows. Yeah. 
everybody wants to be interviewed now, and I'm not talking to them now. But we, um, Kim Krausberg's another one. Um, and uh, we've had Rebecca from SEO Moz. Um, when I was in London, I did actual video interviews with uh, Lisa, Lisa and Marie. Uh, trying to think, like, uh, I, I've done so many now. Uh, I, I've seen Christine <laughs> so, Churchill up on your site. I saw Jill Whalen on your site. Jill you Whalen. You had uh, Rebecca Kelly from uh, Trillion on the site. Yeah. Uh, and Jesse Bowman, I think. Not Jesse. Not Jesse. I have Jesse's car. I have Jesse's card, so Jesse, I'll be contacting Jesse. Um, it, it's just a, a phenomenal list of women. Um, you know, Amanda Watlington. Um, you know, we just—it's it, really a lot of fun to learn about each of these women, where they came from, and it's funny because a lot of us just really stumbled into this industry and made it our passion. And now, you know, our passion is our job, and it's our career, and. You know, we just love it. You know, you know something I'm really interested in um, is your story. You stumbled into this industry sort of the, <laughs> the very first time I ever met you. And I, I knew of you before, but the very first time I ever met you was when you ran up to me with this halo in your hand saying, you got <laughs> your hat bait in Chicago, your hat bait trick. <laughs> My um, hat bait, yeah. <laughs> how, how long have you been working in search marketing? Um, I've been doing search marketing since about 1995, but in that time, I, it wasn't really an industry. So... It was like the side hobby, and um, I I could I figured out how you could actually go and you know get these pages to rank in Alta Vista and you know excite when they were still there Northern Lights I mean you know it was a passion and I have a background in technology with uh, programming and databasing so I always had that uh, interest in trying to figure out how things worked. So it kind of combined together to stumble me into this industry. You know, I, I can't imagine what our voices must sound like to the listening audience. Because, um, you know, I can barely understand myself. We, we, we must sound so hoarse, but friends, that's, uh, that's what you get for getting three hours of sleep a night and being just so damn excited about being in this industry, <laughs> seeing these amazing people, um, talking to these amazing people. Like, and I'm, I'm not, I don't have a side job as a 900 operator, I swear to God. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I wasn't going there, but now that you mention it, um, don't you find, when, when, when you're at these shows, it's, uh, the people, the quality, the level of intelligence, the people you get to speak to, you never have to explain the same concept twice. No, and I always come away with something at, at the show, whether it's something from a session or it's just something with actually sitting and talking to someone and getting their ideas and and I can bring that back and I can use it every day in what I'm doing with my clients. Has there, has there been anybody at the show that you just wanted to meet so bad, so badly and you, you finally got a chance to meet them? Uh, Brandy! <laughs> I just, I, I don't know like if there's just one person. I mean, I've been in this industry for this song. I mean, in Chicago, I just wanted to meet you, so. Okay. <laughs> Actually, I have to say, um, Ben Pfeiffer. I hadn't, hadn't met Ben Pfeiffer before. He's a cool and, dude, eh? And Greg Nyland, I was interviewed with Greg Nyland before, and I didn't know who he was, and now I call him Rich. Now you call him Rich. Yeah, he's Rich, and he'll know what that whole joke is, because... He confused me <laughs> on Monday night at the party. He confused. Oh, God, I heard yeah. about that. I remember that. <laughs> um. So, so he's forever rich now. But 
Great Nyland and, and Ben Pfeiffer. I hadn't met them, had the opportunity to meet them before, and um, I, I got to meet them this time around. So. So what was your best party? What was what was the most fun you had? Probably well, Ronald McDonald House party was a lot of a lot of fun, but it's so hard to choose to say which which was the best party because we had it. We we were at the Google party, and we had. You got, you got into the Google party. How, what did you do to get into the Google party? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, they just had my name magically appear on the list. But um, we came down from the party and we were waiting to go on the bus. And we had, it was uh, Dave Wallace and Irma Wallace and I. And we had a heck of a time with the bus driver, talking to the bus driver on the bus. And he gave us a, a tour around New York City. On the way home, <laughs> on the way back there, and he was just awesome. You know, it was just really uh, neat. This, this, you know, for folks who haven't been to New York, this is the greatest city in the world. And no matter no matter what people say about New Yorkers, these are they're some of the nicest, kindest, going out of the way to help you out folks I've ever met. There's all eight, all twelve million of them. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and and, and they'll tell you like where where you can get the best pizza. And that there's a cupcake bouncer at Magnolia Bakery. There's um, a cupcake like, bouncer. Like, a, you get out of line, you, you piss this guy off, and he's going to have your ass on the street <laughs> so fast. And I'll shove the cupcake in your mouth and, and stay on your way. <laughs> get you with a cupcake and get you at the door. I love this town. It's the soup Nazi for cupcakes. Yeah. Hey, buddy. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so what what else is happening tonight? We got, we got Search Bash happening tonight. We have... Uh, there's, I think there's a party after that, a private party after that. There's bound to be another impromptu pub crawl, and I really want to make it back to uh, three, three, or what was it, three fifty, three sixty fifth. What was the name of that club we were at Tuesday night? Oh, three sixty. Man, what an incredible place! It was a rooftop club, Empire State Building, like right in front, just like lit up right in front of us. Uh, friends, come to Search Engine Strategy San Jose. You'll love it so much, you'll have to come to the next one here in New York in 2008. That's right. <laughs> um, looking around to see who else is here. Lee, I got a... Uh, oh, jeez, you know what? I forgot. People paid. People pay to advertise on this show, and we got to pay some bills. Um, we're going to commercial. We'll be back in a few minutes here on The Alternative, uh, sponsored by the IACDN.org on webmasterradio.fm. Are your ads managing you? Tired of click fraud and little or no ROI on your pay-per-click search ads? Take control. Reduce your costs and gain valuable traffic with effective flat fee featured listings on over 245 search engines and web directories from the ISEDN.org, the independent search engine and directory network. Now free yourself from click fraud, bidding and hassles with low cost top 10 exposure for less than $4 a month from ISEDN. So visit ISEDN.org today and discover how easy it is maximizing your company's online revenue stream with affordable search engine and directory flat fee ads from the ISEDN.org. Online advertisers unite. Pay-per-click prices are up and customer service down. You tell them. 
In order to compete, businesses must find an alternative like LookSmart. LookSmart is your budget-friendly and people-friendly online advertising alternative, offering businesses of all sizes affordable, targeted, pay-per-click advertising. Your ads will run on LookSmart's extensive network of distribution partners, as well as our own 180 vertical websites. This means your message will reach millions of users. And whenever you need help, whether you're just getting started or a seasoned vet, LookSmart offers accessible customer support for all advertisers, no matter the size. We call it pay-per-click power to the people, and it's only available here at LookSmart. Log on to ppcpowertothepeople.com or call 866-571-5665 and join the revolution today. It's a no-brainer. Reaching customers everywhere they search is smart business. However, reaching them through web and mobile search as well as free directory assistance with effective pay-per-call advertising is, well, ingenious. Ingenio Pay-Per-Call delivers highly targeted phone call leads to businesses looking for new customers. And the advertising business only pays per new customer lead. Call 1-800-705-0632 today to ask about your free trial or go to Ingenio.com slash web radio. That's Ingenio.com slash web radio. Ingenio. Simply ingenious. And now, transport back into the alternative on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host, Jim Hedger. Welcome back to the alternative here on webmasterradio.fm. I'm Jim Hedger. I'm here with my co-host, Dave Davies. Um, we're sponsored by the IACDN, and uh, we love you all so much. Thanks for coming back. Um, we have in the booth a... Uh, Actually, we have coming into the booth Mona Elisaley. Uh, Mona, um, we were just about to jump into Tim Daly from Centac, but could you hang around for a sec? Yeah. Woohoo! Um, right now we have uh, Tim Tim Daly from C- from Centac, and uh, listeners might remember Tim. He was on the show back in what was it November? You were on? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think around November, and uh, came by and sat and chatted with you a little bit back at the uh, the last search engine strategies. Uh, Back in December as well. Yeah, that show, that 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 fun fun yeah. show. Um, so, although I probably could have been on a couple more episodes with you on the show if I just returned your phone calls, right? Well, th- there was that one time. <laughs> there was a, there was that one phone call. I remember. I remember just after uh, Google put out the zero point zero two percent figure, which um, you know to this day I still think is kind of ludicrous. Um, I called Tim up and I'm like, Tim, I got to get a quote from you. I know you want to talk about this, and uh, you know what, brother man, I've got you here right now. And I know you want to talk about this. Yeah. 0.02% WTF, man. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, you, you know my perspectives in the click fraud. I mean, I'm, I'm more about quality and appropriateness than it is going through those web blogs and trying to build a case. Um, it, it really brings to question the reason why that, it, that it's a big hot button issue. 0.02. That, that's the reason why. Google keeps being criticized because they're telling people you're wrong 99.8% of the time. And when you're the business person, you've seen what's happened on your site. You've seen what's happened with your ads. You know, you think you'd have a little bit higher success rate in actually getting some uh, some refunds on some poor quality traffic. Well, ironically, um, now that you mentioned you've seen it, um, anybody who was at uh, Tim's session, what, what, what was the session called, Dave? 
Uh, well, search arbitrage issues. So uh, they keep bringing us back for some reason. They called us four-star rated, and people keep uh, coming and, and attending, so they must be liking it. Okay, so so Tim is fresh out of uh, what apparently is what was one of the highlight sessions of uh, of uh, SES 2007, the search arbitrage. I hear it got really heated up on stage for a bit. Yeah, so uh, I mean, we've been. Here's we've, a picture here. Who was yeah, on stage? So uh, we we've been doing this since uh, August of this year, uh, back in the, or last year at SES, and they've been carrying us through. And uh, the uh, the players up there today were uh, were were Frank Watson, uh, Chris Jones from Pepper Jam, David. Uh, I think it, I think he's pronounced his last name Sesney. It's a, a lot of lot of consonants, not a lot of vowels. Uh, yeah, David's a great guy. Yeah, and uh, and and myself as well as we had the opportunity to have the uh, the head of ad quality from Google, uh, Nick Fox. <laughs> right so, on. So you you gotta appreciate Google for showing up. I mean, it's obviously a tough session to come in there and and, and take some critiques. And uh, you know, their fellows in the industry, MSN and Yahoo, didn't have the courage or perhaps the respect of the advertisers to show up and answer some questions, but uh, kudos to Google for, for showing up and, uh, and, and really answering concerns, and you got to be appreciative of them that for them. Okay, and uh, if I remember correctly, uh, uh, Jeff Roars, uh, Jeff Roars was the moderator. Um, he wrote the manifesto. The, uh, 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 he did, yeah. What was the name of that, the name of that paper? I can't, I'm spacing the name of the paper Jeff wrote, but it was... Uh, Really well, well received in the industry. Um, no, that was Gar that was Brad Garlinghouse from Yahoo. Um, oh my God! Well, well, Jeff, if you're out there listening, I'm so sorry. I, I, it was a great paper. We all loved it. We all riffed off it, but we don't remember its name. We do remember yours, uh, Jeffrey K. Roars. He was moderating the, the session, was he not? Yep. So uh, he he's the control master because it, it is a pretty heated session. Uh, there's, you know, the way that the panel's designed is to get some people who are in favor of search arbitrage and to also get people who think it's a bad thing for the industry. And then caught in the middle is, you know, Google kind of being, you know, sucked into and, and ripped apart at the seams by two different perspectives of, of what's good and bad and ugly. Oh, yeah. Did, did, uh, did Nick Fox really know what he was getting into when he, when he got, went up on that stage? Uh, I, I think it turned out to be a little bit better than he had planned because, uh, we're we're all very thankful that he actually showed up because he didn't have to show up and and to go up there and answer the questions you you got to be thankful. What were some of the the tougher questions that he was faced with while you were there? Well, uh, I mean, we brought out some examples of things going on, which is always the starting point. There's a lot of live activity and it's happening right as we speak. And uh, one of the pop pieces that I pointed out today is uh, you know they had made Google made some references that things are getting better. And I, I had to question whether or not that was true on a, on a couple of levels. Uh, so I always tried to do my presentations fresh, and I stayed up to 1 o'clock in the morning so that I had something that would be live the next morning. And uh, just by accident last night, I actually wrote the word in AdSense uh, for their own product offering. And within the ads, what we saw were a bunch of ads of companies promoting Free ad site enabled websites. You don't have to do any work. Make thousands of dollars a month and sit at home and collect a check. And you know, I pointed out for Google. You know, I know you've been printing money in the basement for Google checkout. I didn't realize you're doing that for AdSense as well. And uh, obviously, Nick was a little unprepared for that. And you know, I didn't ask him to answer that. But 
I, I hope that when he went back to the offices today, he reported it and we'll hopefully see it removed from and taken down tomorrow because the ads in them themselves are a violation of editorial guidelines that Google sets for themselves. Now, what do you think they can do to, to sort of eliminate this problem if you're on the side that views it as a problem on a mass scale? So, I mean, and I, I've been saying this for a year as, as often as people actually let me say something, such as right now, is that the, the answers is not automated, uh, it's not automated algorithms and models. Uh, it was a nice extension for them to do what they did with the landing page algorithm change back in July, but it was only a stepping stone to what they really need to do, which is they need to put human beings out there as police agents and going out there and finding the bad stuff. And on the other side, you know, what we sidebarred with Nick, and I hope that he took it, you know, uh, took it to heart that all of us on the panel said we'd like to be part of an ad quality uh, group that is your outside uh eyes and ears we get together on a monthly basis we tell you what you, we found and then you guys can at google can determine what to go after and, and what to fix so instead of a search council do an ad quality council uh which i think would be great for them because the best policing can come from the advertisers who are actually paying the bills and upset with what they're seeing well, now, I mean, we're, we're dealing with sheer numbers, and yeah, this is definitely a good community. I don't know if there's a community that does quite as many searches as, as we all do. Do you think there might be a way, like, you can report spam through their system that you can report this as well? Well, uh, they did mention that on the footers of their pages, you can always report something that was irrelevant or inappropriate, but the problem and challenge with that is it's kind of buried below the fold. And as we know from you know our own search engine marketing efforts, not a lot of people were old and scrolled down to the bottom of the page. No, and what do you find when I mean, you, you mentioned the reporting? How fast is the turnaround? I mean, have you ever gone that route with a, with a quality issue? Um, and have you found the, the time to actually have this fixed? What do you think that is? Uh, I mean, we've reported a lot of, you know, issues to Google. And the one thing that I could say is they're always responsive. You know, I know a lot of people say they're unresponsive to them. They are always responsible for us. Maybe I'm lucky that I got the best account manager at Google, Ben Weisberg, and uh, he, he just always loves our objectivity, and we always get our problems resolved very quickly uh, when we uncover them, and he really acts on it. So I guess because we don't cry wolf very often, maybe that's the reason why we get you know some great service from Google. Now, something that I want to make sure that we mention here, you and I had a chance to, to chat a little bit before the show. We talked a little bit about an article that's coming out tomorrow. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, so I, I kind of made mention in the other session that I spoke in on Tuesday, which is uh, in-house big PPC. And uh, one of the things that I pointed out in that session is some challenges that Google is having with their expanded broad match. Uh, over the last couple of months, we've seen some, uh, some very irrelevant matching ties uh, across some of our clients. And we did kind of a case study review as well as a test to show some of the impacts that expanded broad match is having on performance for advertisers. And some of the things that really led us to do the test were is uh, one of my clients is Chef's Catalog in the cataloging industry. And uh, when we got started, we started seeing our ads that we wrote for the bakeware category ad group showing up on the term cookware. And then we saw our cookware ads showing up on bakeware. And we had to scratch our heads and say, how is this happening? We, we investigated, it was all set up. And what we determined was that Google had made the decision that bakeware equals cookware. Therefore, let's put the highest ad rank uh, ad out there. And in that situation, bakeware converted at a much higher rate on Chef's 
site, so therefore they bid a higher price because they could afford to do so. And because they were bidding a higher price on bakeware, Google put the bakeware ad on cookware, served a no relevant ad, and then clobbered the performance of my client. So in other respects, one of my clients is Orkin Pest Control. Now obviously everybody knows the Orkin man, and he kills pests, and one of the big pest problems is wasps. And we uncovered that we were getting all this impression volume and uh, basically no clicks. And when we looked into the log files and researched it, we found out that Google was serving the ad on the acronym W.A.S.P. And obviously, uh, that's really not appropriate and relevant. Uh, and uh, needless to say, my client wasn't terribly happy that he was being posed with a bunch of white supremacy websites. So Google's got some real issues. And uh, I think, you know, the reports that we saw the other day from Comscore about how Yahoo is seeing a 4% increase in, uh, in click rates and shares, and Google is down by 6%. You know, I, I got to read into it a little bit. You know, you know I, I hate to bring Terry Semmel down, but perhaps maybe more of his success is a result of Google doing bad work and not so much uh, Project Panama and delivering some irrelevant results, not only within the paid ranks, but also in organic ranks, because every time I search, and I'm not sure about you, Dave, or, or you, Jim, I just keep getting the authority on every subject matter across the world is Wikipedia. They seem to know everything, and uh, they come up in the top three results every time. So, I mean, maybe I need to do some interlinking so I can get my clients up there, violate Google's rules, and, and still show up in the top of results on everything under the sun. Well, you know, I, I, I could never, ever, ever suggest that anyone should do that, being, uh, being an SEO myself. But <laughs> Just make it a joke, Jim. Just make it a joke. You did coin me as the evangelical leader of search marketing, my friend. You are. <laughs> and uh, you know what? I wanna, I, we got to go to a commercial, but before we do, I want to mention that the... Uh, your company, Sentech, has uh, has changed its name. It's now Sentech Search Centric Marketing, and um, I, I want to get that in there. I, I know that's important to you guys. You're trying to, you're trying to brand that. Um, but speaking of branding, we got to go to commercial. Yep. We're going to be coming back with Tim Daly, and he's going to be joined by Lori Wyman from Click Forensic. We'll be back in a couple minutes. We'll be back after this short commercial break. Best of the Web, the Internet's oldest directory, EOTW.org, since 1994. Our editors scour the web, finding quality sites, providing users with spam-free resources, relevant information from valuable sites. Submit your site now for a guaranteed review in three days or less. For webmasters needing additional exposure, check out our 60-day free trial on category sponsorships. 60 days free advertising. No kidding. And don't forget the Best of the Web's reseller program with the industry's highest commissions, 25 percent recurring commission on all products and services bloggers make sure to check out the botw blog directory and the recently launched volunteer editor program to help build the best blog resource on the web gentlemen start your engines okay well, how do i get my engine started is your online marketing being left at the starting gate? Don't have enough information to stay ahead of your competitors? Then visit EngineReady.com and get a free trial of our affordable enterprise class web analytics. With EngineReady, you can accurately track revenues from all online marketing campaigns, search engines, banner ads, email, and more. EngineReady strategic marketing software. See why companies of all sizes achieve exceptional online results with EngineReady, the professional standard in search marketing. Oh, maybe I should just get out and push. 
faster than a speeding bullet. It's the super way to pay. It's Fast Transact. Fast Transact is the safe, secure, and fast way to process credit cards, online checks, and gift cards. Find multiple payment gateway and merchant account options to keep your costs down and sales up, up, and away. You can build your business empire in a single bound while Fast Transact fights the never-ending battle to keep payment processing safe and secure. Your quest for an e-commerce solution has found its final destination. Fly over to FastTransact.com today. Have you heard that content is king? Yeah. What's that mean? I don't even have a clue. Hmm. Wonder if that's important. Important? Search engine optimized web content is essential. Essential for maximizing page rank. Essential for increasing sales. GetWebContent.com is the internet's foremost provider of custom written search engine optimized copy. GetWebContent.com is easy to access and ultra cost effective. Right now, copy is indeed king. And GetWebContent.com is the king of copy. Check it out today. And now, transport back into the alternative on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host, Jim Ketchum. Welcome back to the alternative here on Webmaster Radio. We are rounding out the hour. I can't believe it's gone so fast. We have Tim Downey here from Centec, uh, uh, Search Centric Marketing, and Lori Wyman from Click Forensics. Um, now, interestingly, they're, 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 these, these two are both about click fraud. Um, I've been wanting to talk to Lori for, for years now, ever since you were working with Keyword Max. You now moved over to Click Forensics. Yes. Um, how was that transfer? How was that move? Um, you're working with a lot more resources now. Yeah, so that was fantastic. At Keyword Max, you know, we were focused on bid optimization, and as part of that effort, we did see uh, in- interesting fraud issues that were coming through through looking at the analytics for various clients. And so the decision to go work for Click Forensics was really a desire to, to see the industry um, work together and advertisers pulling their information together so that we can understand the problem better. And one of the things I really liked about Click Forensics is that they have a network called the Click Fraud Network. And anybody can join it at clickfraudnetwork.com. And what that is, is uh, 3,000 or so advertisers have joined already. Uh, we're sharing data with each other, learning what's going on in the industry as far as fraud is concerned by studying behavioral patterns across a large group of advertisers. And it's really helping us to understand um, what what the industry is seeing and what the impact of fraud has been overall. Well, uh, given given we're discussing click fraud, I, I've got to ask, you'll know the number, 0.02. What, what are your feelings? Um, on that, it hasn't really been qualified exactly what that means. We're not, there's a couple things that we have questions about. Uh, I love numbers. There's lots of numbers floating around. They're very confusing. And I think if you looked at every single one of them up on a whiteboard, you'd say, huh? Um, what does the 0.02 mean? How, what percentage of advertisers actually have filed some kind of a click fraud claim? And out of that percentage, is that 0.02% representative of uh, the total community of advertisers or just the people that have filed claims? It's, it's unclear. How could, they possibly, how could they possibly come up with 0.02? Like, as I understand it, that's, that Google said those were the numbers that when... They filter out 99.98% of invalid click activity, and when a customer, a client, an advertiser asks them to do an audit, that's approximately what they find that they missed. Yeah, I think it's confusing. Um, when we looked at the click fraud network and we did a measurement last quarter on what the fraud rate was, we found it to be about 14.2%. Uh, so if you look at Google provides the invalid click rate number inside, you can find that inside of your bill. 
We studied a group of our advertisers, and I'm sure other people can corroborate this uh, information. We see about 3 to 4% actually coming out as invalid clicks that have already been pre-filtered. And then if you add on top of that, that 0 0.02, we're at, let's call it 3.02% have actually been found. That leaves about 11% of the, of the amount still on the table and unaccounted for, and we don't know how to account for that because we're dealing in sort of a black box and we can't see what's going on. Well, when I, when I hear your numbers, Louie, I've, I've, I've always wanted to ask you or ask Tom, Tom um, when you say 14%, approximately 14% is click fraud, define click fraud against invalid click activity. Well, we're looking at many factors. Uh, we're looking at bot activity. We're looking at repeat clicks that aren't converting. Uh, we're looking at clicks that are coming through with, with, without refer, referring information that aren't converting, and many other factors that we're basically scoring the clicks that are coming through, um, looking at how, what the quality is of those clicks, how, how high quality or how low quality they are, and then making a determination. And the, the lowest quality of clicks, having the highest threat to your campaign driving ROI down, or what we're, con what we're considering as part of that number. I think, uh, as a rarity, one of our guests has a question for one of our guests. Tim here has a question for you. Yeah, so uh, now that I got you here, I mean, you know, with my agency, you know, we're one of the largest agencies out there, and uh, we dig in, we look at logs at sometimes, and the one thing that always, like, concerns me and, and really perplexes me is the, you know, you go through the files and you're looking at the referring URLs and the IP addresses. It really shocks me how often data is often missing from those columns and that you don't get an IP address of where it came from or a referring URL. And why does that happen? Why can't Google and Yahoo at times share this with us? And why is this data being hidden? And why should I actually pay for a click that doesn't have the footprint of where it came from? I think you're asking me a rhetorical question. I will have to agree. <laughs> we all, I think everyone that we've talked to in the industry agrees that um, visibility into the referrer is key because you c really, you can't organize your campaign and control the distribution of your advertising if you don't know where the referring traffic came from. So that's really important. And another troubling tidbit is when we see none of your business as the refer. Have you ever seen none of your business or XXX uh, la slash slash oh, as referred? Oh, absolutely. You know, and given from, from my company, I mean, we're a full service direct response interactive ser uh, service firm. So we do offline marketing. We do online marketing with specializations in certain areas. And one is DRTB. So in the DRTB world, when you can correlate, you know, buying TV ads versus buying search ads, if you have an issue with the television, uh, with the television air media that you bought, they actually have to prove clearance that your actu ad actually ran. And what always kills me is why should I get charged when I, you can't prove that the ad ran because the IP address and the referring URL are actually missing? What's the clearance process for the search engine? I think I think that the industry is it's it's a great question and the industry is new, and. Um, we're just at the beginnings, I think, of unraveling what the industry should have with the IAB initiative to create standards and other people working on guidelines. Um, we, we also are members of something called the Click Quality Council, which is formed to create uh, the voice of the advertiser and start a dialogue with the engines on things like quality and how should, how should uh, clicks be judged and billed. And those are great questions about IP addresses and failing to deliver the referrers. Should that actually be charged is a question that needs to be answered. All right, I have a question for, for both of you here on this one. Um, I'll pass it back, but taking over again as host. Thanks, Tim, for, all for right. giving if, us a break and, there. And, and I'm, I'm open for moonlighting if you want to guys want to <laughs> hire me. 
um, how do you feel that Google is doing in reacting to um, these concerns about click fraud and bot detection? Uh, all of these lines. I mean, sometimes, you know, and, and I, I work with a lot of major clients. So these are guys that are spending $100,000 a month. So, you know, they're a little bit more than the pimple on the butt that most clients are with Google in terms of their spend. So they got a little bit of voice. And uh, half the time you get some good response and half the time you don't. Um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, a, a denying of accountability because if they accept accountability and then they got a legal problem. So, you know, you always know when you get the legalese response and when you get an actual true response. So for us, we had an issue that one client we were working with was on a CPA basis, only client we worked with it. And uh, all of a sudden, their branded terms, which we all know from, you know, from performance, are very profitable. And as out of respect for the client, and this was in the DVD space, um, we would bid on the word DVD and lose $12.00 knowing that we were making $28 on their brand name. Then all of a sudden, overnight, I, I, my click rate on the brand term went from 42% click-through rates to 1.5. And the response I got from Google was, it must just be bad marketing. So yeah, obviously, I took that a little bit the wrong way because I think I'm a pretty good marketer. And uh, we did some testing because Google didn't want to own up to it and tell us because they have the impression log files. We don't. And, and that's where rubber meets the road. And what I did is I, obviously in brand terms, one of the smart strategies is, is broad match it. Because even if the person writes in your brand name and you suck, there's a reputation management opportunity there. So we actually took the client we, and put them from an a broad match to an exact match. And we watched that we no longer showed up. So what we had determined, there was no more impression rate, is that impression fraud was actually occurring on a broad match variation that impacted my quality score down in the exact match and eradicated me from the board. And Google didn't want to respond or deal with it, and I ended up having to resign an account that, rec that delivered $60,000 in revenues to my company on a monthly basis. A, Dude, ma a major hit. I'd say someone owes you a drink over that one, and... Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. We gotta keep moving. We gotta move on. We got ten minutes left. The union guys are in here, trying to tear down the uh, tear down the display floor. Um, at promptly at four o'clock, this booth is gonna get taken down. We're gonna keep trying to go as long as we can. We have a couple more guests to bring to you, and right now I'd like to introduce Scott like Scott Earth. Um, Scott's another drop by. Scott's got over sixteen years of management experience in industries such as high tech, hospitality, e-commerce, and communications. Since 1999, Scott's put his business and internet marketing skills to the test, eventually building one of his own e-commerce uh, sites by over 2,000%. Uh, the guy's got a Bachelor of Science in Management and Information Systems from George Fox University. Um, Scott, welcome to The Alternatives. Thank you, thank you. So, what were you doing at SES? I see you have the, the, speaker, button, speaker, the speaker ribbon on, the, all, the wonderful all-access pass. What sessions were you doing? Uh, tomorrow, actually, I'm speaking on uh, working with uh, agencies, traditional marketing agencies, how to integrate uh, search engine marketing into the, the traditional spectrum, which is finally becoming more of a mainstream idea. When you, when you say traditional marketing agencies, wow. <laughs> when you say traditional marketing agencies, do you mean um, the, the, the larger agencies, um, the, the um, Avenue Ways, the, uh, uh, the Madison Avenues, agencies along those lines? No, not not. I mean, those it can be those as well, but most of them already have things going on in house. Um, a lot of the agencies that I work with are your smaller 
uh, traditional agencies um, that uh, that don't really have it in house. They can't afford to bring it in house, but they need to find ways. They're building television commercials, radio, print, and so forth, and they don't know how to integrate it effectively online. So. Are they starting to understand such marketing? Are they just starting to get it? Is the light bulb going on? Um, are they learning more as the years go on? I think so. And it's actually just been in the last six months or so. I feel like I finally broke through a huge brick wall with these guys. Um, they've been kind of going against it for a long time. I keep trying to tell them the things they need to do, and they're slowly building on. But in the last six months, I've found that they're actually starting to call me and ask for the services rather than me pushing and pushing it to them. Now, so originally, you started. You went up to the agency, you started cold calling them, saying, "Hi, I'm Scott. I'm here. I know you need me, and you you're you're gonna know it too when I show you the results." Um, how long did it take to build that business? Uh, that actually, I did that for about a year. Uh, for for about a year, going in, doing presentations, showing them what it meant, uh, why they should be doing search, uh, how it tied into what they were doing, and actually trying. I, I did some uh, direct marketing association uh, conventions going there, and. and uh, pulling things that some of the larger Ogilvy's and some of that had had huge success with the tie-in and trying to show these smaller agencies why it's so successful. And they would usually, they usually, you know, it was like standing ovation. They loved it, but then they would never actually uh, integrate it. Now, is there, I get the sense in the pit of my stomach that we're going to see some of the largest traditional agencies in the world coming into our space and getting all Google on us, just sort of sucking the air out of everything. What do you think about that? Well, I think it's actually starting to happen already. Uh, I, I watched, uh, I, don't, I don't remember what it was now. I was in a session yesterday. They talked about that. And I, um, they're doing search now. It's still a small piece of, I, I think they had $150 billion spend per year on marketing in general. And only about $10 billion was on was on search. Um, now, granted, that's a lot of money, but it's still tiny compared to what they do in the, in the overall uh, search world or, or marketing. So, so I think it's already starting to happen, but my focus is more on the smaller guys, the smaller agencies, uh, trying to get in and help their clients as well. I mean, we've seen the example with, uh, with even Network Solutions, who's, who's entering into the space. I mean, I'm sort of dominating many of the rankings simply by age and power, not uh, you know, big criticisms. I have no idea what their quality control are like. But do you think there is even room uh, for for some of the smaller ones, let's say you're just getting into the space now, you're just getting into uh, as an SEO. Is there room in the space um, for those people? Yeah, I think there is. Uh, it, it may be more challenging. Um, I mean, there's a lot to kind of the history and knowing and, and have having been in it for a while. Um, but but I think there's still room. You just you, you're gonna have to fight a little harder. Now, what uh, what are some tips that maybe you could give to somebody just trying to enter into the space um, in regards to how to Focus. I mean, obviously, they're not going to be coming in trying to go for the generics and, and search engine optimization or, or a phrase right. like that. Do you have any tips for them as well, they're trying to get to this? My biggest thing, and, and are you talking about tips to the traditional marketers or, or well, I'll uh, take it from the direction I think you might be going. Um, basically, my thing when I'm talking with the smaller agencies is really, um, you know, I try and get through the get in the door working on pay-per-click for them. Doing uh, organic optimization is kind of outside of their their thought process, if you will. Um, pay-per-click is more in the kind of the, the, the traditional media buy, it fits more. So I can get in the door with that, show them results, uh, show them how it drives conversions, sales, and, and so forth. And then uh, take them on the longer tail of, of, uh, of the optimization, how it gives them longer term success. Well, long tail, when it comes to working with, uh, with the agencies, long tail, but it comes to SEO is right. How long does it take to get your ideas and your recommendations implemented on your client's sites? Oh, <laughs> yeah, really depends. I, I can tell you I've had, um, I, you know, I've had some great luck with very short term, you know, within a few weeks. Um, and I've fought for as long as uh, probably four or five months before I've, I've threatened to actually fire the client because 
they're not implementing anything and it's just not working. Um, and, and at the end of the day, you're measured on the success of their site and they don't care that they haven't done anything. Precisely. Do they? Exactly. They say, hey, how come we're paying you and it's not working? They say, well, you haven't implemented anything. What do you expect? It's not working because you're not working. That's right. Oh my God, we just got a three minute warning. <laughs> three minute warning, friends. Um, Scott, I think, uh, I think we got time for a couple more questions. Um, if you're talking to any of your clients or any of the agencies you work with, what's the first thing you want them to know? Oh, wow. I, I guess it's just expectations for them. Uh, what I deal, depending whether it's a marketing client, whether it's traditional, uh, you know, B2B, B2C, whatever it is, we really just talk about expectations and their goals, their business goals. The big thing I've been pushing for the last year or so is what, a part of uh, melding into the traditional marketing is also building it into your traditional, your, your standard business goals. So looking at, you know, the KPIs, your key performance indicators, what are the goals that you have for your business, not just online? Uh, and really tying that all, uh, tying that all in. So, I don't know. Up front, it's really just sitting down with them, understanding what their business goals are, how the web interacts with that, and then setting expectations so they know uh, where we're going to be in three months, six months, five years. Well, there you have it, folks. That uh, Scott Orth um, from GTS Services. Uh, Scott, um, I have a dozen other questions to ask you. We have two minutes left. We have a couple of announcements we have to make. So. Thank you so much for being on the alternatives today. All right, thanks for having me, um, Dave. We got we got a couple of announcements we got to make. Number one, anyone who can hear my voice in two hours downstairs lobby of the Hilton, Webmaster Radio is pleased pleased to host you with Look Smart and with Bruce Clay. We are pleased to host Search Bash, New York, two thousand and seven. Now. I don't know how they're going to do this. I'm, I'm curious to see how this is going to work out. We're going to have Search Bash in both of the bars in the lo lobby downstairs, which means that we're going to spill over. And uh, Darren's trying to calm me down. It's not a real bash. It's not going to be crazy. It's going to be a soiree. It's going to be mellow. He's wrong. <laughs> it's going to be a kick in the pants, fans. So... We have 30 seconds live from New York. Um, show up at uh, show up at Search Bash 2007. Uh, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies from the Alternatives. Um, we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>